What's up, Let's world? Go. What do you do when <laughs> devastation invades? If you know the truth, it'll make you free. How do you move on? And whom the sun sets free, day, your life is free indeed. 24 hours, everything has drastically changed. As difficult as it may be, we must if evaluate what is lost and what is lost. Trapped in the bondage of what you used to family you already know what time it is thank you for tuning in to another free indeed friday let me get you through this traffic let's get it your boy don't just preach he's sick with the pen give him a mic and he'll go in so i'm about to give you some of this free time music but in the words of erica badu i'm an artist and i'm sensitive about my stuff Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And this is another Free Indeed Friday's podcast. We're doing a fellowship edition because this weekend is Father's Day. That's probably going to mess up on the recording, but it's cool. Uh, it's Father's Day, and we did a fellowship edition for Mother's Day, and I just don't want uh, the fathers to be outdone. So we're giving the same type of attention to our Father's Day experience. And I've got some men here. I want them to introduce themselves because I want you to uh, give us your name. You can tell us your age if you want to uh, and how many children you have, their ages, if you if you feel like doing that. Uh, we're going to start to my left. All right, I'm Courtney Williams. I am 38 years old as of last Friday. Um, I have three children, one that's 20, one that's 13, and one that's 10. And the 20-year-old has now made me a grandfather, so I've been a grandfather for the last two months. That's what's up. That's what's up. My name is Sherman Scales. Uh, I'm not going to give my Why age. My name is Because I'm pointing at me. <laughs> that's who I am. I'm not going to get my age, but I have six kids. Uh, let me get the age right. Uh, <laughs> if, 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 if that's too much, yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, if I get the age, I have to go into all kinds of details about why they're so close together. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I'm the proud father of a six. So. To God be the glory. Daniel Green, mm-hmm. have, uh, 56. I have four kids. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. And I'm Mark McKnight. Um, I have two biological kids, mm-hmm. two stepchildren. Let's see, we got 31, 30, 28, and 23. Cool, cool, cool. And I'm Deshaun Freeman. I have three children now. 14, 13, and 10. Uh, and so we're going to have a good conversation today, brothers. Yes, I'm sir. grateful that y'all decided to come through and to hold it down on behalf of fatherhood. And so what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you uh, just a series of questions, and we'll kind of kick it around. I want you all to be as transparent and as real as you can be uh, with these podcasts. You never know who's going to hear it and where they're going to be at that particular point in their life. Mm -hmm. And your testimony, your life experiences may make a difference for them. So I want to start off real light. I'm going to throw you an alley-oop. It's a light one. Um, How did you feel when you first found out 
you were going to be a father. How did you feel? And I, I, I'll, throw the, I'll take this one first uh, because my wife and I were not married at the time. Uh, and I was a, a prominent minister uh, in the city, state, and nation. And so to have a, a baby was kind of like the scarlet letter. And so um, I didn't really have that initial pride that a man has when he's going to have a child, even though I had a son. It was a kind of a, a dark period in my life, but it birthed a lot of positive things and positive experiences. But so for me, it was kind of a time of reflection and a time that I experienced God's grace on another level. No matter who who takes it next. I was scared out of my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I was 16 years old mm -hmm. when I found out I was going to be a father. Uh, junior in high school. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought I had everything set out in front of me, thought I had all these different plans set up, and, mm -hmm. and then, uh, yeah, uh, I get a call, says I feel kicking. Um, oh, mm. I don't, oh, okay, mm -hmm. I don't, I, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. I won't go into any further detail, mm -hmm. but I, it, was, it, was, it was definitely life-changing for me. So the excitement for me, uh, it was there, but it wasn't there. Yeah. It was a lot of anxiety and fear because I'm, I'm like, my life, I, I don't know what happens right. from here being a 16-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. No job. I didn't even have a car at the time. Mm -hmm. you know. So uh, it was scary for me. I happen to know you're a PK. Did that have anything to weigh <laughs> in in any way? Oh, man, that, that had a lot, of, uh, a lot of impact on it. I mean, uh, of course, there's a disappointment factor, mm -hmm. right? Um, because... My father expected better. He thought he had raised me better mm -hmm. than that. Uh, but then there's the side of it being a PK where you have that undue pressure where, you know, PKs are expected to be perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to have it all together. And, uh, of course, I didn't, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I wasn't doing anything any different than a lot mm -hmm. of other people. everybody else was doing, there. right? Yeah. But I was Pastor Williamson. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it definitely, it, it not only affected me in-house, but it affected the church house. Right. And uh, it, it impacted relationships with people. Mm -hmm. It was it was uh, it changed a lot of things in, in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Got you. Well, uh, I was uh, eighteen and I, I didn't didn't feel well at all. Uh, I wasn't a a, a, pre, a PK, but I was a a PGK, mm -hmm. a preacher's grandkid. So that was good. How yeah, you did that. Yeah, you like that. that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is funny because how I found out coming out of the auditorium, high school, getting ready to graduate, getting ready to go to college, and uh, someone brought me a note, and the note said, you're gonna be a dad. Mm. Just like that. So, oh, was, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. And, and, and it wasn't even the girl that was pregnant. It was someone else who brought me the notes. Wow. So, yeah, oh I man. Mean, my, we were man. having fun coming out of the auditorium. I mean, my heart just dropped. Mm -hmm. You know, so my, I guess the biggest fear, my, my mom finding out and I got to tell her. So no, I didn't feel good at all. For me, I had just came to Texas from Chicago when I was mm -hmm. going to school. And I had uh, met a, uh, met at that time my, my wife and mm -hmm. we were just hanging out, kicking it. And she told me that uh, she had missed a cycle. Mm -hmm. And I'm laying in bed, I'm like, and I couldn't make no emotion. I was mm -hmm. like, you know, oh, man. <laughs> So okay, so we just, I knew I had responsibility. Mm -hmm. I didn't want the responsibility, but it was there. Right. And I, I couldn't run from it, I wasn't gonna run from it. Yeah. So we just uh, started our family from there. Mm -hmm. 
You said she missed her cycle. You'd be like, well, go catch it. <laughs> you know, go, go, don't just let it get away from it. Go catch it. Uh, for me, I, it was, um, I wasn't in high school or anything. I was already on my own yeah. um, with my then high school sweetheart. And we would love will conquer all type of relationship, not knowing how the hard life could be. But, you know, I remember being very excited. Uh, it was a girl. And I remember wanting to be perfect, mm-hmm. like wanting to be the perfect father. Wow. You know what I mean? Like uh, wanting to do everything right and just I was imagining years ahead and things like that. And just really thinking back on it now, being very naive mm-hmm. about how hard it is to be a father. But mm-hmm. I wanted to be the perfect dad. Thank you, brothers, for sharing that experience. So uh, I forgot to say when we first started, I kind of I'm labeling this daddy TV. Get it? Daddy TV. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so this particular segment of the Free and D Friday podcast is I'm the Pappy uh, from that uh, that classic scene in life the where they trying to figure out who's the mama of Little May, Little Daddy of Little May Rose. Uh, they say, I'm the Pappy. Uh, so just just want to express the pride and joy of being somebody's daddy. Some days you wake up and you have that thought, man, I'm somebody's daddy. <laughs> that's, that's a game changer, for real. So let me ask this question for you all. Uh, what is the most difficult part of fatherhood? Having um, had the experience, the journey to this point, what, what would you say is the most? And if you can't come to the most, what are one of the most difficult parts of fatherhood? I think the, for me the most difficult part was it wasn't as difficult trying to be the the perfect dad as he said mm-hmm. be a provider um, not wanting you to want for anything right. but at the end of the day you still feel like was that enough right. did I really achieve mm-hmm. all of that right. so that was my I just wanted to be a good provider right. so, so meeting expectations yeah. Yeah. and maybe even expectations that nobody else had for us right? yeah, we set right. for ourselves yeah. Yeah, and I That's think good. to piggyback on that is, is is coming to the realization that you are not perfect and you're going to disappoint your yeah, children. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And as a man, you don't want to do that. Right. And uh, when that happens, and it happens over the course of time, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. And you try to make up for it, and you cannot. And I yeah. think also, as your kids get older, you have to sort of be a spectator in their lives more so than... I mean, you, you can give them advice and counsel, but at the end of the day, they're going to go through that adventure on them, you know, through life themselves. Mm-hmm. And you just sometimes have to be there to pick up the pieces right. yeah. in many right. cases. And that's difficult because you know what you taught them, you know what you told them, mm-hmm. but they're going to naturally go out and experience things for themselves. So that's, that's a difficult parenting period. Mm-hmm. Anywhere from, I would say, 17 up into their 20s, you start to have to pull back a right. little bit. And that's, yeah. that's very yeah. difficult. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of play, play the mind game with them mm-hmm. because you can't whoop them no more. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like, the hell you can't. Mm-hmm. So you kind <laughs> of you you play the mind game with them because for, for mine now, even though they're working, they're making good money, I'm the last option when they call when they mm-hmm. want money mm-hmm. because when they call, I want to know, okay, mm-hmm. why are you calling me? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're working, so... Right. 
Mm-hmm. It comes with a lot of questions. Right, right, right. Because I know, I know what I taught you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give it to you, but it's gonna come with mm-hmm. some, some reason. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> so I want to make sure you don't come. Let back. us reason together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I understand that. I think uh, the difficult, you know, I've grown from that, uh, being a new father uh, and having so many kids. I think, and then Deacon Green and Deacon, said uh, so many kids. Yeah, Deacon Green and Deacon. <laughs> you know, I got a village. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deacon Green and Deacon McKnight saying that the, the expectation. But I think the hardest thing for me. Uh, then was meeting their expectations, mm-hmm. uh, trying to be um, what they need me to be as a young father, uh, still in school, trying to do the right thing, and uh, just trying to meet their. And sometimes, you know, uh, it 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 takes me back now when I when I think about the stuff that when they call me, like Green said, they call one more. Okay, what you want money for? Mm-hmm. So you know, if I don't meet that expectation, that expectation that they want. It takes me back. Okay, you remember you wasn't here for that. You remember you wasn't here for that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I think meeting there actually for me. Mm-hmm. So, so would you say that in some of those instances, guilt plays a part? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. definitely will say that guilt plays mm-hmm. a big part. Wow. And I would go further to say that you know, uh, especially when you've been through a breakup situation, mm-hmm. whether it's a divorce with the with the mother of the children, right. That is a guilt thing, right? That mm-hmm. you're not present in the home, right. whether it's a whether it's a, a you know a, a good relationship between you and the mom or not. You're not physically there every night, every right. day. So there is a, a great deal of guilt when that child calls you or texts you and says, mm-hmm. "I need daddy," yeah, and you like, "I gotta come through," right? right. right. And, and in many ways, you got to realize that you're not really teaching them anything in that instance because if they're not managing their money well Correct. or if right. it's something they don't really need, you still need to be a father in that mm-hmm. you say, you don't really need this. Mm-hmm. You're not, or if you're older, why are you not managing your money? Why don't you right. have enough money for gas if you're working a 40-hour-a-week job? Yeah. Yeah. Right? You must mm-hmm. be spending your money. So you got to kind of shake yourself from that yeah. and say, look, I don't have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then that adds more guilt eventually because mm-hmm. you say, "Man, I should have, should have gave." You and do, do they come, do they hit you back with, "Man, how you gonna say you ain't got it and you already blah?" Do they? Yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> scales say, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah uh, not really, not like that, but it's more. I know with girls, like I said, girls are hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I, I, yeah. I don't know if the order. girls will break your heart mm-hmm. in many different ways. Yeah, but. If your daughter, I don't care how old she is, if she says daddy and she looks at you or you hear her voice say daddy, I'm in trouble, or I love you, anything after that is like, I, I got it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to her or I'm going to give it to her and not chastise her too hard, but it's really hard to turn your back on your daughter. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but yeah, it, yeah. it's hard. Well, for that reason, I... I pretty much prayed that the Lord not give me. <laughs> no, I, I understood. And then, you know, I believe that you reap what you sow. And yeah. I haven't always been right by people's daughters. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I said, Lord, <laughs> you know your servant. And I, I just need you to be gracious. So, so to hear y'all make that confession, I'm, I'm grateful that the Lord yeah. smiled on me. Yeah, because um, he knew me because he gave me to you. Right out the bat. Uh-huh. I said, man, Lord, what, what is up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, Courtney? Uh, well, for me, I, I think, so my kids have, have been gracious to me. I mean, they, they really make being a dad easy. Mm-hmm. Um, they do set some, some lofty expectations, right? Like, 
you got to be the best at basketball. You got to be the best musician. You got to be the best. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. But they don't really make me feel guilty right. when I do things wrong or when me and mom ain't quite getting along. They've never really given me a guilt issue. My issue for uh, parenting with them has always been managing the personalities mm-hmm. because you can't talking. raise your yeah. kids the same mm-hmm. way. You can't. Yeah. And with them being so spread out in different stages of their life, mm-hmm. even if I was going to try and raise them the same way, there is such different phases. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It that, just that's doesn't important. work. That, that's right. important. Right, right. So that's always been, uh, I'd say, the most difficult part is just making sure when I'm dealing with CJ, I handle CJ the way CJ can handle mm-hmm. it. I chastise CJ the way he can handle it. And mm-hmm. sometimes I will tell him things that really sound rough mm-hmm. that I can't say to my girls. Right. But yeah. see, that yeah, that, that, that's mm-hmm. true because people don't realize raising girls and boys are totally different. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, see, girls don't like to get yelled at. Mm-hmm. They don't like to disappoint their dad. And so they, they try not to get too much in trouble. Mm-hmm. But your son, mm-hmm. man, I told you, dude. Mm-hmm. Why you? <laughs> and, and those boys going to test the limits. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I got it's a- funny because my son is really tenderhearted, mm-hmm. right? And so he'll kind of push the limits. But then also sometimes he's just like, man, the minute I just look at him, mm-hmm. he's broken, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So I have to find, again, with his personality, I got to find that way. How am I going to approach you today? Mm-hmm. And, and depending on the situation, do I even care Mm-hmm. About how you're going to receive it because you may need to hear this the way you don't want right. to hear it. Right. Exactly. So that yeah. this thing can yeah, that builds character. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, builds yeah. character. I got a call this week from uh, one of the mothers in the church, and and she was asking a question that had to do with um, a, a father being hard on the son, mm-hmm. and uh, I was trying to kind of help walk through that that dynamic, but I also began to think about the fact that as African American men. We are privy to the knowledge of what society is like for us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it may seem like we're being hard, but really it's kind of like, how do I prepare you for what I know you're right. about to have to live through? Yeah. Right. 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 And yeah. as much as mothers may love and, and all this stuff, like to a certain extent, even an African-American woman can't understand what yeah. it's like to have to be a African-American man. Right. Yeah. That's my, a whole nother yeah. right there. And my, and my wife, she's always, she's always say. I'm glad you're not my dad because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't take with mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. But but if you look at my kids now, they understood what mm-hmm. the vision that I have for them. You might only, I might have been a little hard, mm-hmm. but it all paid off. In the mm-hmm. the question yeah. is, did you explain that to them? Because yeah. I know sometimes yeah. when I'm dealing with my kids, yeah. I got to go back and explain this yeah. is why. why? Mm-hmm. This is why. You know that way they don't think. But okay, I, well, that's just they, crazy. I think they really got <laughs> it mean. when they went yeah. to college. Mm-hmm. They really got it because they won't tell me because when they went to college, like now I see what my dad was talking mm-hmm. about. It's not. It's not easy out here. Right. Well, I also think is you got to be hard, but you also have to maintain the relationship. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that comes through with, yeah, I'm going to be hard on, on, on my son or on a black boy mm-hmm. because he's going to be a black man and, you know, sometimes the deck is stacked against you. Mm-hmm. But for a black girl, mm-hmm. the first person she's supposed to love is yeah. her father. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there's any such thing as a bad woman. Mm-hmm. If, you, if there's a bad woman, it's probably a bad man somewhere that made her that way, mm-hmm. whether it's a daddy, brother, uncle, something like that, where it's a severed relationship. So with girls, again, I'm going to go back to that daughter thing. With boys, you know, if you say your son starts dating, you know, you find out about it, it's kind of a little chuckle, 
and then you get into the real right. where you say, well, you know, hey, yeah, when you get married, da, 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 but you you like, I'm glad. I'm glad you like a girl. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. but the real on the daughters is like my guy, uh, one of my good friends who passed away, he was a preacher, and me and him used to talk about it all the time, and he said, McKnight, here's the real. One of these days, your daughter's gonna give somebody some. You know what? Mm-hmm. That's reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how that happens mm-hmm. is how you pour into it. Whether it's in the back seat of a car mm-hmm. or whether it's on her wedding night. Mm-hmm. You understand yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. as a man, you think about the lengths that you went to to get with mm-hmm. a girl. Oh, it yeah. Was yeah. Yeah. Every every woman you meet is either somebody's daughter. Somebody's sister, or soon to be, or is somebody's mom. Right. Yeah. So and, think about that. And, and I, I actually you know thought, of, I actually thought about that when when he was born, and I went to visit them in the the little room. All oh, that went away because I knew right then. That's right. She was a girl, mm-hmm. and eventually I knew who I was, mm-hmm. and I know. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, I had to start pointing into them right then mm-hmm. because. That's right. And even though you do that. That knucklehead, whoever he is, mm-hmm. she likes him for some reason. Mm-hmm. And you can look at him and tell, that boy is lying. Mm-hmm. He ain't no good. <laughs> this is what I did. You know what I mean? But she like him even more. And most of the time, that boy used to be me. I, 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 know, I, know, I know that look. He <laughs> knows my girls, and this is what I told him. If you interested in a guy, they had to make an appointment to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Off see. the top. Mm-hmm. Ask me how. Ask me how many came to me. <laughs> just one. Mm. Wow. Just one. Mm-hmm. Because they they always say, I, "No, that how you know that used to be me. Mm-hmm. I can smell them coming." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but yeah, that that's a tough yeah. deal. And then with the boy, one of the things that I made sure of, and even as he, you know, when when I got divorced, and my son was little, and I made sure that he didn't see me with any women, mm-hmm. whether I was dating anybody or not, mm-hmm. because I didn't want him to misconstrue. You wake up and Tammy is making eggs mm-hmm. one day, and then you wake up yeah. again and yeah. Karen is yeah, picking yeah, yeah. you up. And like, well, we going to Miss Karen's house? Like, well, mm-hmm. who, who are these people? Right. You know? mm-hmm. And yeah. then he starts to think, oh, I get it. I can have, right. I, yeah. I'm going to have five girlfriends wow. like Pops. Wow. And then mm-hmm. when you come to him like, well, yo, man, don't don't live like and he's seeing you Yeah, then you're a hypocrite. Yep. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and right. so you gotta be careful to be patting him on the back saying, Yo, I'm glad you're glad you like the girls mm-hmm. but don't be like, yo mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I'm grateful my son you got run sisters because mm-hmm. I gotta tell him, Look, yeah, think about how you want your sister to be treated. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you said, that's somebody's sister, that's that's somebody's daughter. You want your sister to be treated like that? Because mm-hmm. if you don't Brother, listen, don't yeah. treat that young lady like that. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to beat a dude up behind how he treats your sister mm-hmm. one day, understand she may have a brother who want to do the same yep. thing to yep. you. Don't be that dude. Mistreat yep. that young lady yeah. that way. Yeah, that's good. Let me, let me, uh, let me push us forward on to, to something else. Um, I honestly, and I, I kind of stay in my feelings about this, um, and I grew up in a single-parent home, so my mother pretty much raised me by herself. Culturally speaking, we put a lot of energy into celebrating motherhood. 
And for most of us, you know, mom was our first love, the, the person who, you know, taught us a lot of things. Um, but I personally kind of feel some way about the diminished role of fatherhood in our society. Um, and I think I think fatherhood is not celebrated um, equally. But then I also feel like we live in a society that subconsciously tells us that fatherhood is not even necessary, mm-hmm. right? And and studies have shown that you know when we went through the '80s that that was a a, a ploy to remove fathers, especially from homes of color. Mm-hmm. So uh, my question is, how do you feel about the minimized importance of fathers? It's our fault. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's our fault because we haven't lived up to the expectation of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, we go out there and do our thing, and you know, she get pregnant. She, she, he, they're not like us. We didn't take care of. We, we count up on our responsibility. But these young men today have no conscience. Mm-hmm. They do. Hey, hit, hit, and keep moving. Mm-hmm. So father, it, that's why it's a lot of senior um, mothers in the home. They don't want to pay child support. So it's kind of like taking away from fatherhood right. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel that. So I'm probably going to get in trouble. Get in trouble. Get in trouble, really. Get in trouble. Uh, but I, I think I agree with you that collectively as men, as fathers, we have not done a great job of showing why we're important. But I think we also, um, as a society, as a culture, have allowed the celebration of the woman who's been able to overcome not having that man in the household mm-hmm. uh, overshadow mm-hmm. the ability for a good man to be in the mm-hmm. home. Yeah. And so um, one of the things that drives me just crazy is, is say, for instance, on a, on a mother or Father's Day, rather, mm-hmm. if fathers are being recognized and let's say kids are speaking and then they get up and they like, I want to recognize my mom. My mom. Because she we was my father. That, yeah. We had that last month. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm not taking away from her being a great mother and doing double duty or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But she still wasn't your father. Absolutely. You, you, just, mm-hmm. you just had a dynamic mom. You had a super mom. Right. Super mom. You had yeah. a super mm-hmm. mom. And so that, that rubs me the wrong way. But when we allow that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, man. That celebration in that way also says, well, you know what? They, they're not needed. Mm-hmm. We can do it without them. Mm-hmm. And if you push, it's almost like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what, I'm going to be that mama. I'm a single mama. I'm going to be that one. I don't right. need that man. And then mm-hmm. it just but perpetuates and, and, the cycle. And if she was to really say, I really wish that a man was here. Mm-hmm. If she can really say that mm-hmm. out loud, but she's not going to say it, but she really would wish that it would be a, oh, yeah. a man that can come in. Mm-hmm. Because a mom can only show a, a guy, a young man, so much. Like I can only show my daughter so much. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, I I can't I can't take you to the store and, and pick out some purse. I don't know nothing about that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and even if you could, it wouldn't make you a mama. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would just mean you're a dad who knows some things right. yeah, about purses. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. As a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, right. I think I, I agree with you, and I agree with you, Green. I, I think part some of that comes on us as you know whatever generation you want to call it. There has been some people that have failed mm-hmm. as fathers. But I think we do need to acknowledge the pastor's point. There are good men. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see them all the time. Yeah, yeah. there yeah. are black men who don't have kids. They married into a right. marriage wow. where they have multiple stepkids, and they love them. Mm-hmm. Where I know brothers, I didn't even know that the kids weren't their yeah. biological mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. Right. They, mm-hmm. they don't even say my stepkids. Yeah, right. I mean, right. and, and so we've got to prop that up a little bit more. And then as far as 
the 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 woman having to raise I don't think any woman wants to raise a kid by herself. Right. She really doesn't. Yeah. And I think the natural order of things is she would love to have a good man right. with alongside of her. But you know, you reach a point in life where you feel like you know, I done been through. Right. I'm not going to expose my kids to this disappointment, right? right. So you date a guy for a while, he's not the one. So now they get their hopes up, that guy's not there anymore. So I can understand reaching a point of, well, you know what? I am done with me yeah. because I've been scarred. And it goes back to what I said before yeah. where the disappointment that men bring mm-hmm. and that baggage is now on the next guy yeah. who may be the guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that has been ruined for yeah. I think... Um, uh, that Mother's and Father's Day, it, Mother's Day has been so commercialized uh, for as uh, that it's, it's, it's become more economical. That, you know, my, you know, as a guy, I'm going to go, men are going to go out and buy gifts for their mama. They're going to go out and buy mother's gifts for their girlfriend. They're going to go out and buy mother's gifts for their wives. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different when, when it comes to, to Father's Day, I believe. Now, my son, we talk about this. Matter of fact, we probably won't have this conversation on Sunday. We'll call each other and talk, what you got for Father's Day? What you got? Oh, nothing. Man, I walked down Walmart. Yeah, we had one section <laughs> just for Father's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, One section, and we had about three women in that section looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's become commercialized because it's, it's big money for mothers yeah. on Mother's Day. Um, you, you know, people are not going to spend a whole lot of money on Father's Day. You know, I got ties and some cologne mm-hmm. that I liked, that I liked. Uh, look, look, look at you, look at you. <laughs> like, I'll take another tie, I ain't tripping. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I think that makes me, you know, Bible going to always be mama no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the relationship ends, there's still going to be that maternal, uh, that maternal relationship between uh, children and mama. Uh, so, but I think it's a little bit different when it comes to, to dad. Uh, so, I hear y'all. I, I, I just, I really feel some kind of way because I feel like I'm here. And and to the fathers who are not, shame on them. I don't uh, understand how they do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love being a husband, mm-hmm. but I love being a father more mm-hmm. than anything mm-hmm. in this world. I love mm-hmm. it more than being a preacher. Mm-hmm. I love it more than I love basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, you say, you know, you wake up and I'm like, I'm a dad. I'm like, I, I don't know what life is like without it. Mm-hmm. And then again, I've been a father more right. years of my yeah. life than I have mm-hmm. than not. Right. But, I, I can't imagine my life without it, man. I, I love it. How, how can we? How can we positively encourage the guys who run from their responsibility not to? Like, like as a community, how can we, you know, send this message, you know, in a way that is received, right? Because I think one thing is sometimes African American men are so beat up. The last thing we want to hear is somebody telling us what we're not and what we're not doing again. So, how how can we positively uh, inspire and encourage, you know, people to step up? I mean, I think up. being transparent with young boys. I mean, I know plenty of them that are early to mid twenties, maybe multiple baby mamas don't have good relationship with the baby mamas, not making a lot of money, and just frustrated because they feel like you know she's taking my money and. You know, I can't see my kid, or she's about to move out of state, and they just feel like, you know, the court systems is not there for them. And if you throw in any kind of 
criminal justice stuff, then now that's another layer. When I just think they just get to the point where they throw their hands up. And I think those of us who have been on the other side of that can tell them that you, you can persevere and maintain a relationship with your son or daughter and you're going to be better for it. Right. But you got to overcome those tough times and no matter what you think about the mother of that child, you and her are going to have to get along for the rest of mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you might as well start getting along with her now. Well, I think that's probably a, a big link in what you're saying too. Is I would imagine I, I didn't do it, but I would imagine a lot of brothers aren't necessarily running from their kids as much as they're running from mm -hmm. the baby mama. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but I, I also mm -hmm. think let's back all the way up. You know, just from a just a fundamental. I know when you put the cart before the horse. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're out of order. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're out of order as Christians, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm, I'm not. Nobody at the table is. But in the in the grand scheme of things, you have a baby without having a relationship with right. the girl. Right. So what do you expect to happen? It's right. chaos. So yeah. it's also talking about generational curses and breaking cycles. Mm -hmm. You right. know, yeah. um, my youngest son just graduated from college, and one of the things I talked to him about, I said, son, please. Whatever you decide to do in your career, you got free reign. You got no children, you have nothing. You can go adventure the world. But when you decide to have a baby, get, please, get married. Mm -hmm. Get to know your wife and then have a child. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, please do it that way. Right. You know, I mean, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. Right. But at least put it in the back of his mind. Right. Like, let's try to break let's this still cycle. still have a standard at like some point. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I mean, and I'm not saying that fixes everything. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Because there are men in the home that are in the home and they're not good fathers. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a, something to address. But I just think being transparent with the men who are going through it, particularly young boys, and just saying, yeah, there is another side to this. You can get through this. And walking alongside them yeah. mm -hmm. as they go through. I mean, basically what I can tell them is it's okay to be scared. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a scary thing to be a father. But you got to do, do what handle your responsibility. Just just do it. In the long run, it will pay off. Just right. just do what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. It is scary. I mean, I, <clears throat> and I, I can't really tell you enough about doing what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. If I tell my son, if you get a girl pregnant, handle your responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's it. Y'all kind of segueing into my next question, so I just want to stay in that vein. And it really has to do with how are you personally encouraging your children um, to kind of have better or do better than you have had and done? Like, how are you conveying that message? Well, one of the things <clears throat> that I do uh, with my kids, we have what's called a uh, a monthly, and we try to do it twice a month, a monthly, uh, I talk to them all the time though. Mm -hmm. We have a monthly conference call where we all, mm -hmm. just my kids and me, mm -hmm. we all get on the phone and, and they grown and married and got kids of their own. Um, and, and we talk about life issues. Right. And I try to convey, especially my daughters, I got four girls, um, mm -hmm. you know, about, you know, this is gonna happen, this is gonna, this is gonna be, how he's going to act, he's going to do this, going to do this. So I try to convey to them in that manner of being there, encouraging them uh, in a way of not, when things fail, right. when things don't go well, mm -hmm. 
try not to be them. Try not to be the dad saying to them, I told you so. Mm -hmm. I told you to be that dad. It's okay. Let's get back up. Right. Let's, let's, let's get on. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. It's okay. It's okay. And and, and you had a time to say, well, Dad, if I don't listen to you, this mm -hmm. way. I never forget. I was my one of my daughters getting ready to get married, and we were driving into driving to the church in the limo. I was in the back of the limo, and I had told her from day one, "This is not the guy. This is not the guy. This is not the guy." And, <laughs> and you in the limo? I'm just like, "This is not the guy." The, the day of her wedding, I said, "Listen, before we got out to go into the church, I said, listen, man." We can get back in this limo. <laughs> we can get back in this limo. We dressed mm -hmm. tucked down. Mm -hmm. She got her wedding dress on. We, mm -hmm. said, we can get back in this limo wow. and drive off. Wow. This is not the guy. Wow. Yeah, well, we're going to disappoint. We're not worried. We just tell him we're going to have a party. You mm -hmm. know? And and she told me today, she said, Dad, if I would listen to you, mm -hmm. you know, stuff. So I think, you know, and I, I, not me, me not being that dad, hey, I told you so. I told you so. Baby, listen, it happened. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. Get your life together. We're going we're gonna to keep stepping. Mm -hmm. you know, so That's good. Be an encourager. That's good. Being an encourager. That's good. I try and teach my, t my kids intentionality. Mm -hmm. Like everything you do has a result and it has a consequence. Right. And so um, I try and encourage them in little ways. Look, you go to school. I don't care. I, the one thing I hate to hear, I, what did you learn today? Nothing. Mm -hmm. I know you're smart, but right. I need you to learn something. something. I don't care what you're learning. Learn something about one of your friends. Learn something about one of your teachers. Learn something about their background. Mm -hmm. Learn something right. every day because every day you learn, you're continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. I always teach them just keep pushing yourself and make the right decisions. Or even in the, in the reverse, like, again, I can be a tough dad, so my son, he'll play basketball. Something go wrong. He'll fall. Like the other day, he fell, and then uh, one of the kids going for the ball kicked him in the head. Mm -hmm. He crying. Dude, I'm not finna feel sorry for you right mm -hmm. now. You good? Get up. Mm -hmm. Look, this is a direct consequence mm -hmm. of what you do and don't do. Mm -hmm. The reason why you're on the floor is because you lost the ball. Mm -hmm. You lost the ball because you don't work on ball handling mm -hmm. enough. You've been planning for this moment. You just didn't know it. And so I try to teach him, like, everything you do is going to have a consequence. Right. I try not to beat him up too much about it, but again, you – when you're intentional about what you're doing, you have a better way of kind of working things and weaving things. So like even today, that same son, we're talking, and I say, look, what are your goals? Like, mm -hmm. this, let's just talk about three goals you have. And I realized that in 13 years, we've never had a conversation about goals. goals. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, I want to be stronger. Well, what does that mean, mm -hmm. son? That's not a goal. That's, right. that's a dream. Mm -hmm. How do we set a goal for that? And right. so now we're trying to work on being intentional about yeah. these three goals that right. we talked about. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm really trying to drive them towards, just being intentional about things. And if you can do that, you'll be less aloof about life than I was, right. yeah. and maybe things will work out the way you right. want them to. Mm -hmm. I, well, my, well, my sons, um, you know, I try to teach them just basic man skills. You know, it was a, I was overjoyed the first time I – got them all in the mirror. We were lined up like cell phone bars and, and taught them how to tie a tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. We we have our list of man rules that, you know, I, I used to go through them with them very often. Stuff like not hitting women, you know, diff different things that I kind of thought were values. Uh, but I think really, for me, the thing that I'm most um, committed to is being present. And they already, I feel like, ahead of me because I grew up without a dad. So my commitment is for them to never have to grow up without a dad. I can't say what the Lord's going to do if he would have called me home, you know, while they're still children. That's God's doing. But my commitment 
is to be present, right? Because I know uh, the void, the scars, that not having a father, the impact that it made on me, and I just don't want them to have that impact. I don't want them to have that negative impact. Um, so, yeah. You know, that's important, too, that you say that, because me growing up, I, I had a father in the house mm-hmm. at all times, mm-hmm. but I dealt with something, and I don't know if this is a real term or not, but it's something I've coined as present abandonment. Mm-hmm. And so my mm-hmm. father was in the home, and I know you may be watching that, and we talked about this, mm-hmm. but um, what would happen is, is he was so busy with the church the when industry. we first got yeah. to the church, mm-hmm. especially being at a church that had a lot of single mothers, mm-hmm. and he's filling in. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being that fatherly role that he wasn't always there. Right. I wanted him there mm-hmm. or felt like I needed him there. Right. So I felt abandoned mm-hmm. even though he was there at times. Right. And yeah. that created scars too. Yeah. So sometimes, like you said, just being there has already helped stack the cards a little bit more mm-hmm. because yeah. they know that they have a support system. And, and honestly, in uh, kind of starting out, you know, all of my kids have been uh, growing up in this right. Abundant Life Church right. thing. And so I've tried to... <clears throat> really be intentional at times to make them not feel what you're saying. Because I know it's a real thing, especially when it comes to ministry kids. Now, I've been blessed that my kids are very involved in the church, and our church is vibrant in a way that has a place for them. So a lot of times, if I'm here, they can be here. Um, But I also understand the importance of being at all of their games, being at awards, ceremonies, concerts, that type of thing. And so to the best of my ability, I'll pull away from ministry stuff so that they can't say, man, you were never at my game or you 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 know what I'm saying and so those things of presence and I want to drive that home to any father who's listening whatever sacrifice you have to make to be present do that do that even if you gotta see you know you and the mama ain't on good terms and you gotta sit across the auditorium and whatever it is you know be present uh I was saying before we walked in before y'all we started I'm watching this show designated survivor and and uh it seems like the president who is past his son kind of has this gulf in his relationship with his dad and he's mourning that his dad died but then they didn't really connect and then so the new guy the designated survivor talks about about a time when the president came into a board meeting and was talking all of this stuff about how proud he was of his son. Right. And the son was like, well, that didn't happen. You know, I, I didn't know that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to say, you know, one of your concerts, he was there. You know, he was like, no, nah, he wasn't there. He said, like, no, he had to be in the back with a ball cap. He was the president, didn't want right. to overshadow right. Right. your right. moment, right. but he was there. Mm-hmm. And the kid just kind of broke down mm-hmm. at the right. thought that my father was right. there. Mm-hmm. And right. I think about it, if it has that much weight to know that you're there, it's got to also have that much, if not more, impact whenever you're not there, right? right? Yeah. To look out and to see all of these other people and other kids with their dads, mm-hmm. and mine isn't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, one last question, and then I'm going to wrap us up. Uh, I, let me see how long we've been talking. 41 minutes. Let, let, let's, let's get this because I really, I really want us to have this dialogue. There's a, a Netflix series just released, well, not just, I don't know how long it's been out, but about the Central Park Five mm-hmm. called When They See Us. Mm-hmm. Has everyone seen it or no? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Okay. All right. Well, the story in short, for those who may be watching, you've got these five kids, four of them are African-American, one is Hispanic, um, and there's a rape that takes place in Central Park. Um, and these kids are basically coerced into confessions, mm-hmm. like that they did it. Now, they, they didn't know anything about it. Um, they 
had no knowledge of the details, but they were coerced into this confession. Well, when it comes time for the trial, even though they're saying, well, we didn't do that, their confessions are on tape. And these kids at that point then go, you know, into serving time um, and they get out. But, you know, even though their time is served, they've still got the stigma of what's on their record. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's the type of film I really believe every African-American male or everybody connected to one needs to see it, needs to see it and have the necessary discussions. So um, my thought process is uh, just, just, you know, those of you who haven't even seen it, just considering this plot. That is reality. This is a real story, right? Um, you know, how do we feel? Uh, what are our perspectives on the reality uh, of this type of thing happening? Now, case started, uh, this event was in 1989. Uh, but still, there was no real exoneration to I think, like, 2004. Um, and then the movie, of course, is bringing new light to it. So people are having this discussion. But at the end of the day, I, I wonder, between 1989 and 2019, how many other times has this same thing happened, right, that may never get the media coverage, but our boys are a part of this systemic problem. Right. Um, our, our boys are. Mm -hmm. I mean, just recently I got a, well, I was, I was traveling back to, to Austin. Mm -hmm. I got a phone call. Police was calling me, so I just hung up. I didn't know who what it was. Mm -hmm. I kept hanging up. Mr. Green, Mr. Green, he said we, we got your son's car on the side of the road abandoned. I'm like, so everything going through my mind. This the call you you really don't want to mm -hmm. get, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm getting this. I said, man, what are you talking about? My son car on the side of the road. Well, he's over in his neighborhood off a of railroad. I said, well, he got the friend that stays over there. I said, I mean, okay. I said, hold on, wait, 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 hold on, wait. So I pulled the car over, called my daughter. She said, she was at the store, I said, where's your brother? He told me his car's on the side of the road. So she acting like I'm acting, so why is his car on the side of the road? I said, go over there by Will's house, I know he stays over that way. Mm -hmm. The car wasn't even on railroads on in front of his friend's house. She, she wow. goes over there. <laughs> so why is she even over there? Well, that's another story. I said, mm -hmm. make a long story short, that's a call that a parent never mm -hmm. wants to get. Right. Because, right. you know, he's black, he's a black male. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of scary. So, I mean, it, it, it's scary for a black man in America right now. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know what's happening is going on. Mm -hmm. is, it really hasn't changed from that time to now. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've seen the show, and I think I agree with you, uh, Pastor Fred. I think every male, black male, I, and I think women need to see it too. Mm -hmm. I think they really need to see it. Uh, the first episode is so, you, you know, it really sickened me because I didn't think I was going to be able to go through it, but once I got through it, it was pretty good. Because I agree with Green because you dread that phone call mm -hmm. that about your son. And I know what I do with my kid, especially my youngest son, uh, and my oldest son too, uh, hey, if this happens, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my youngest son is 26, but when you get home, mm -hmm. call me in the middle you made it home. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's that fear of right. being black in America. Mm -hmm. A black male in America thinking, okay, uh, 
And it's crazy because I don't think there's much difference. The only difference I think there is, we have social media, we have videos, and you know we're prone to use those things. But but I think about the cases where what about those kids don't have those particular devices to, to mm -hmm. do that yeah. uh, and get railroad uh, by by the police department. Uh, not to say all police officers are bad. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that it's a scary feeling having a black son in America. Uh, I've been pulled over a lot, uh, but I think it's a difference when they see an older person versus a younger person. Yeah, being, mm -hmm. being older, younger male being being pulled over. Right. And today's male, today's millennium male, mm -hmm. they not. Yeah. They, they you know. They're yeah, not, they're not like we were, like we marched and saying we will mm -hmm. overcome. No, these today's now they're not putting up with that. Yeah, uh, well, well, yeah. one they don't have the the context of of fear, right? Uh, for lack of a better term, but you know, um, you know, for for the sake most of you and myself included, kind of understood at some point that equality was not necessarily our reality right. and so we kind of grew up in that context well our children <laughs> you know they go to school with other races everybody's the same that we supposedly everybody's the same right so they don't they don't come to the table with that misconception or reality yeah. <laughs> really yeah. that you know I've got to act a certain way because I am African-American. I've got to always present myself with, with my best foot forward because I've got to strike against me. And it shouldn't be that way, right? That, and I tell my kids all the time, you got a presentation at school, you wear a suit. Uh, and I understand everybody else don't have to do it, right? Even now, uh, God has blessed my ministry to sit at some tables uh, with, some, with some guys. But when I go to the table, I have on a suit. Now, I don't wear a suit at my church. But when I go with them, yeah. I do. Now, they may be sitting there with button downs and jeans and so on, but I understand that because of the color of my skin, I have to always go that extra mile. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to, to, to drive that home, uh, you know, to be honest. And, and, and unfortunately, this movie sometimes uh, somewhat is a matter of wrong place at the wrong time, but... But then why is being in the park the wrong place, you know? So it's those types of things that we have to, we have to think about those things on another level. Because what may be all right to some will be all wrong for us. Yeah. Um, See, I, I, I haven't seen the show yet uh, because of all the anger that people mm -hmm. say about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm emotionally ready mm -hmm. just yet. Gotcha. Um, but that, that, that knowing... Uh, that being self-aware of my emotions comes from being exposed mm -hmm. to other things that have sometimes directly or indirect, uh, indirectly affected my family. Right. Mm -hmm. And so even though I haven't seen this, these are conversations I have with my son right. all, all the, the time. time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Okay, you may be hanging with your friend across the street. He's a Caucasian. Mm -hmm. He can go to the store. When mm -hmm. y'all walk out, nobody's going to question him. Yep. But if you got your hands in your pocket, mm -hmm. yeah. they're going to think you took something yes, sir. simply because you're a black young yes, man. Sir. When you go to school, yeah, they're going to tell you you're doing fine and you're you're at a 70. Mm -hmm. They're going to say you're doing great. Mm -hmm. And you're in a, the 70s and the 80s and you're not. Right. You're, you're, you're a smart young man, right. but you mm -hmm. got to push even further. So I'm always driving yeah. these conversations. Cool. And I think it's unfortunate that I have to. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. it's unfortunate, but I, I, I understand the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. I understand that my son 
uh, right now they got the hairstyles growing out and just kind of mm-hmm. looking kind of wild. And I'm like, nope, mm-mm, not you're, you. not <laughs> <laughs> you're not doing it. You're not doing it because the minute you walk down the street, you can have the dress, and this is nothing against brothers with dress, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you, if you got a bald, clean cut mm-hmm. brother and a brother with dress, they're gonna yeah. look at the brother with dress first mm-hmm. and profile yeah. Yeah. just because. And I don't need my son profiled right. like right. that. So now we're gonna keep the clean cut for mm-hmm. a while right. until you know how to balance that with the hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the movie for me is, you know, I, I grew up in New York and I was in New York at that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly everything that happened and those kids could have been any of us at that time. Mm-hmm. Just black kids trying to have a good time. I didn't live in Harlem, I lived in Queens, but mm-hmm. we remember how it went down. And you know, and you probably know this too, Green, if you, we didn't have that type of relationship with the police. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a good relationship with the police. Right. The police came to our neighborhood, it wasn't a good exchange. Mm-hmm. Something bad was going to happen. Right. And, and I think a couple of things about that movie, it shows that basically the assumption that the DA was making is it doesn't matter who we pick up, they were going to get in trouble anyway. Mm-hmm. So the value of the black body is at zero yeah. Yeah. still. Right. Expendable. Right. And 89 wasn't that long ago. Yeah. That's, true. That's not a long time really ago. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, a, it's a duplication of what happened 30 years prior to that, which is the, all the stuff that went down, the civil rights. You know, it, we've never, there has never been a value placed on black life. Mm-hmm. So, and it also says the message that we got to drive home to our kids that, and it's unfair that you can check all the boxes mm-hmm. and do everything right and still end up in a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah, man. If you look at those families, if you watch the movie, those are middle-class mm-hmm. black families. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody was selling drugs out of the house. Mm-hmm. They were just ordinary people trying to make it. Right. And they got caught up in the system that if you don't have the money and you don't know how the savvy, you will be caught in that machine. Right. right. And mm-hmm. they got caught in the machine. And it took how many years for them to get out of that? So mm-hmm. I think... It's important for us to tell our kids, even though you are a good student at Pflugerville, you are a good student at Maynard, your blackness is a weapon. It's weaponized. Mm -hmm. And you're black by association. So Mm -hmm. when you get pulled over, they don't care about your grades or anything like that. You're just, you're the right person for the right right crime. And we gotta tell them that. And and it's unfortunate, but you know, movies like that don't upset me, it just, Further convicts me to say, that for the next it. little, for all these little guys we got in our church, mm-hmm. we gotta tell them. Yeah, like you yeah. know, and I would, and I would argue, and I agree with what you're saying about the dreads and the hair. But what bothers me about that is, and this is a totally different topic. Why do we have to surrender our blackness mm-hmm. because of right. people can't handle it? Yeah. That's why I say I don't have anything yeah. against it. You know, it's but almost like <laughs> so. Like right now, like on the East Coast, the beard thing is a big deal. Like mm-hmm. bros wear the big beard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do they have to stop doing that? Right. Because Santa Claus makes, got a big beard. It makes no problem. somebody no else. Problem. Problem. <laughs> no, right, right. So, so mm-hmm. if if my son want to wear the twist like they do, why is that a problem? Mm-hmm. It's almost like we always have to put down some of our culture to make other people. Yeah. I think out of protest. I think out of protest, both of y'all need to grow dreads. Uh, <laughs> both of y'all. That's why the dreads are going to be out here. They're not going to be in the middle. <laughs> That's what I think y'all should do. Listen, brothers, I hate to wrap up this discussion because it was good stuff. We might have to do a part two uh, because there's a lot of stuff, that, a lot of ground that we could cover just surrounding this conversation. But for those who are listening and those who will view this, I pray that it has been entertaining and informational in some way you've been able to 
to pick up something of value from Daddy TV. I like that, man. That, we, we might need to do a show called Daddy TV. Anyway, I'm the Pappy. You supposed to say it. I'm the Pappy. Yeah, your turn. I'm the Pappy. Uh-huh. I'll be the Pappy of that baby boss. <laughs> I'm the Pappy. That's what I'm It's another Free Indeed Fridays podcast. It's past the free. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I holler. Thank you, brothers. It's on my heart today to give flowers to one of my partners, uh, Christopher Spivey. Uh, me and Chris Spivey go way back, like four flats on a Cadillac. Uh, been brothers for a long time. Uh, had some ups and downs in our relationship over the years, but our relationship, our friendship, our brotherhood has been uh, a constant. I want to thank God for Chris because when I first started ALC 2008, uh, you know, it was a church plant. We didn't have no money, didn't know how things were going to come together, but Chris was our first uh, minister of music, if you will, for lack of, we had some type of creative uh, term for it, I believe, back then. And so uh, Chris at that time was playing at another church, and he would go and serve at that church, and then he would come and he would play. He put a band together, uh, and he would come and play at our worship at 1230 p.m. Uh, in the student center of First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. And uh, he gave us commitment like we were paying him full-time salary. And really, at the time, we were kind of just giving him crumbs uh, because, like I said, the ministry was just starting. And so I'll never forget those who were instrumental in helping to get ministry off the ground, regardless as to what type of ministry it was. Anybody who ever helped me at any point, I appreciate them. And Chris uh, was a staple in the starting of the Abundant Life Church. And not only that, we've kind of done a million different projects together over the years. Some of them you may have heard of, some of them you may never hear. Uh, Extremely gifted and talented musician with a servant spirit uh chris kind of will give you the shirt off his back he'll definitely give you all of his time and energy and effort if he partners with you to work on a project and so brother um life journeys have kind of put us in different places in ministry but um i want to thank god for you on this public platform i want to honor you and uh just thank you for being there from the beginning and even today whenever i call you and i need something uh there's no hesitation on your part to help and i hope that you know uh my commitment is the same whenever you need me i'm just a phone call away um i am grateful for what god has done through your life and ministry over the years with everything that you've kind of set your hand to do uh the the countless ministries that you've been a blessing to the things that you've had to overcome uh but the fact that you have remained faithful and remained humble i want to encourage you to keep doing your thing bro god uh truly has great things in store for you um i i i'm grateful and i admire your creativity uh, to your craft, whatever it is at the time, whether it's cutting hair or making tracks, whatever it is that you are committing yourself to, uh, you give it 100%. Uh, so from everything to the churches you've served, to the Impact Conference, to the records you've produced, the whole nine, man, my hat goes off to you, brother Christopher D. Spivey. Take these free indeed flowers, you heard me.
Friend, have you had a good laugh today? Hopefully I can help you with that. This is called The Atheist in the Woods. An atheist was walking through the woods thinking to himself, how beautiful are the animals? How majestic the trees are? How powerful the rivers are? As he walked along the river, he heard rustling in the bushes behind him. He turned and saw an eight-foot grizzly bear charging towards him. He ran along the pass as fast as he could, but when he looked over his shoulder, he saw that the bear was closing in on him. He kept running, but when he looked over his shoulder again, the bear was even closer. Then he tripped and fell on the ground. The bear was right on top of him with his right paw raised to strike him. At that, instantly, the atheist cried, God, help me. Time stopped. The bear froze. The forest was silent. A bright light shone upon the man, and a voice from the sky said, You've denied my existence for all these years and have taught others that I don't exist. You've even credited creation to a cosmic accident. Why would you expect me to help you out of this predicament? Are you now a believer? The atheist looked into the light and said, Well, I would be a hypocrite to suddenly ask you to treat me as a Christian now, but could you maybe make the bear a Christian? Very well, said the voice. The light went out. The sounds of the forest resumed. The bear lowered his right paw and brought both paws together. He bowed his head and said, Lord, bless this food, which I'm about to receive from your bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, friends, unfortunately, it's time for us to get up out of here. Let the church say, aww. <laughs> anyway, you got it. Listen, if you're blessed by the ministry of Free Indeed, make sure that you take time to go by and visit our Facebook page, Free Indeed Ministries on Facebook. You can also follow us on Instagram or Twitter. The handle is at Free Indeed Men. And for all things Free Indeed Ministries, I'm talking books, music, movies, the whole nine. Visit our ministry website, www.free, the letter N, D, ministries.com. That's free, the letter N, deedministries.com. Listen, you need to stay connected, stay linked in, stay locked in to what the Lord is doing through Free Indeed Ministries. I holla. Listen, friends, if you've been blessed by this podcast, you need to make your way over to our website, www.freetheletterindeedministries.com. On our site, you can find everything from movies to live recordings and studio records. Uh, also, my first book, God Wants Me. You can follow us on all social media outlets. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is at free, the letter N, deed. M-I-N. Please believe we got some amazing things in store and you don't want to miss one moment of it. So go ahead and follow us. Like do it like right now. Like go check it out. Like, like, like right now, right now.